it is episode 296 of This Is Whole Life. And this week, just quickly before we start, I know that downtown community is something that maybe you all aren't familiar with and you haven't been around long enough to know what it used to be, but what it is now is what's most important. And I'm just saying, if you missed the worship set, even just the hour of worship set that we that happened on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock, don't miss the next time we do downtown community. It was absolutely amazing. Big props to Albert Acosta, the whole life choir, AV staff, everyone for planning all this. The town hall was insightful. It was fun. We got vouchers for a food truck, Simply Divine. Everyone filled their belly. It was a great time. And I know that that is something we're going to try to do on a quarterly basis. And so, or very close to that. So be watching your announcements for the next time that happens and you don't want to miss because a lot of people were there more so than I had expected. I'll just be honest. And uh, I think everyone left and had smiles on their faces. So I think it was a success. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so happy with how many people came out, Randy. We, I think we had pretty close to 300 people there. Yeah. Um, it was a great event. And uh, just thank you to everybody who made it happen. I mean, uh, just, just everybody that was involved did just such a great job. And I would say that it really was. Yeah. And the yeah. engagement was really good too. I, I was impressed with, you know, people asking questions and being brutally honest and just being respectful. And it's how a family meeting, it's how you hope they go. They don't always go that way because we are family, but that's the way you hope they go. <laughs> and it really, you know, you brought up, you brought up old downtown community. The old one would have truly been impressed with how it has morphed into something even better. Yeah. That's cool. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right. We're going to jump in quick because we're going to try to keep this to a short episode this week. Uh, Ken is on the road and pretty soon they're going to put food in front of him. And then he's going to have to try to swallow every time he talks because he's going to have food in his mouth or it's going to make his food wa- mouth water. So we got to get him out of here quick. So we were talking Catching about you guys in between meetings. <laughs> we were, were talking about the Holy Spirit, God's spirit this week and a rise with God's spirit. And I just wanted to get, Ken, a definition of, because sometimes it's hard enough talking about Jesus and God, and people kind of go, well, I think I know who you're referring to when you're talking about God and Jesus, but I don't know exactly what I believe because I've been told you know, a million things by a million different people. And then you go a layer deeper and you hit the Holy Spirit and people just check out. Like, I don't even know what this is supposed to be because we never hear words from the Holy Spirit. I mean, we have God talking to the Israelites. We have God talking through prophets. We have Jesus' own words in his ministry. And the Holy Spirit is just kind of this, is it a, what, you know, what is it? Who is it? And why, why should we care if we can't define it? Is it that important? (laughs) Yeah, it is. And now we're done. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's, uh, you know what, Jesus promised that, uh, I think one of the amazing things, and this is just so neat, is that Jesus came to earth, and, and while he is returned to the Father, the just really wonderful thing that he did is he promised not to truly leave us. He left us with the Holy Spirit. He left us with his Spirit here on earth. And, mm. and so we're never alone. Even, you know, we, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I just wish that it, I lived when Jesus was alive so that I could have experienced him. And I, I understand the sentiment behind that. For sure. sure. Yeah. And I, I too would have liked to have seen Jesus heal people. But Jesus actually kind of made it so that it was actually better that he not stay and that we actually have the Holy Spirit. He said greater things would actually happen. And it's because of the Holy Spirit living in each of his believers. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit is pretty important. 
Yeah. We don't do well on our own when no. we're kind of left in isolation and when you're left. Even when Jesus was here on earth, I think you're right, Ken. I think the issue was he can't be everywhere. Now he can be everywhere. And, um, and we, we kind of mess it up on our own when we are left to our own devices. So it's actually a blessing that the Holy Spirit came for all of us now. So, so then does it really not matter if we truly understand the Holy Spirit, like what it is or he is or whatever? It just matters that we rely on the promise that Jesus gave us that he is here and he's everywhere and that he's here to help us? Yeah, well, if we go back two weeks in our sermons to John 3, Jesus uh, kind of seems to, to make it obvious that we may not understand things. He, he uses the metaphor of wind yeah. for the Holy Spirit. He says, just as you you can't see the wind, but you see its effect, so it is with the Holy Spirit. And so what we probably won't understand the Holy Spirit completely, and we probably won't be able to always see it, but we can see the Holy Spirit's impact on the world around us and how the Holy Spirit changes lives. I like that. I like that. Well, but then you speak of the wind, and that was came from the clip of The Chosen, and it was a very good explanation in Jesus' words there. But then it seems like we get into where people would say, well, yeah, but now you're dealing with a touchy-feely kind of Christianity that's not really rooted in anything real. And so that just kind of makes watered-down Christians. You know, I mean, yeah, I can, I mean, I, I, <laughs> if what Jesus is saying is watered down Christianity, then you have to question what isn't Christianity. Because if when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, you don't want to accept what he has to say about it, then I'm not really sure that anything Ken Wetmore has to add is going to be particularly, particularly useful. So the Christian life, and I think this is one of the things though, that a lot of Christians may struggle with. It. We all like black and white. We'd all like to be able to see the wind. We'd all like to be able to see... Yeah, uh, and and understand concrete things, but that isn't Christianity. There is something that there's a reason why we use the word faith and not certainty. Mm. There, there's a reason mm. why we talk about these things. It's because there's a lot of things that that are just far beyond us. Just too much. It's like yeah. when you have small children, and you know, if you have a three year old, you're probably not going to be able to help them understand how a combustion engine works. <laughs> it's just a little bit. And, it, and it'll seem magical. I mean, cell phones still seem magical to me. I don't know how I yeah. can be talking to you guys on one side of the country and somehow you're hearing me immediately. I mean, it's because I'm just not smart enough to figure that stuff out. And yet there is science behind it. There's a reason why it's working. Sure. And uh, I think the same thing is true with God. God is obviously so much smarter than any of the rest of us. It's kind of foolish for us to think that everything will always make sense to us. I like that, though. Just trusting that Jesus, you said that you went through the verses where he's telling the disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And and they're saying, well, I, I, we don't know the way. And he's going, yeah, you, you know the way. And, and, and Jesus knew all what was in front of him that week. And surely he was not excited about where he was going and the ultimate sacrifice that he knew was going to be the conclusion of his earthly ministry, so to speak. And but yet sometimes us, we let the not knowing what will ha- like what's going to happen, even if we're trusting where, like, okay, we, we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to take us and guide us and be there for us. And as we go through where in that closer relationship with God, but we get hung up on the what 
so often, and you're calling us to arise. You said we'll do this by arising as Jesus calls us, embracing the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to grow the kingdom through our obedient connection to Jesus. But boy, taking that first step, Ken, when you go, I'm not afraid of the where necessarily, but I'm afraid of the what, <laughs> because that's the part that I, yeah. I probably fear the most. I think it's what we all fear the most, isn't it? And and yet, that's uh, I think that's Jesus' call to take up your cross and follow him. Is that just a prayer thing? I mean, how do you do that? Because if you're looking at this and you just go, I know I'm not going to like some of the what's along the ways, but I know the where is going to be where God needs me to be. What does Ken do first when he has to tackle it and he knows that and he, and he he's confronted with the first what that comes along in the where? What do you do? Um. What do I do? I um, when I'm at my best, I start every day off mm, when you're at giving your best. God permission to be in control of my life. That's when I'm at my best. Mm. I started going to the small groups that we've been doing in the um, the Common Rule by Justin Early. He talks about the importance of starting your day off with Jesus. With, you know, to to kneeling and praying to begin your day, to end your day, to putting the Bible before emails in the mornings. And when I'm at my best, if I get caught up in the overwhelmingness of what God's asking me to do instead of the relationship that I'm in with him, then it becomes, it feels over, over, overwhelming. Gotcha. But yeah. when I, when I have a relationship with Jesus, I can rest in that. I don't always like the, the where we're headed and what I'm being asked to do. But I know that he's there with me. And if he's there with me, everything else will work out. So I think it for me, it just starts off submitting at the beginning of the day, every day. I think sometimes we we have this agenda and we want the Holy Spirit or God or whoever we can muster or leverage to get that done. And a lot of times the reason why we want those things to happen is because we don't like you know, even even in these, uh, I was talking with the group this morning, Ken, I'm glad you brought that up, is they, they say, I wish I got better at this habit, or I wish I was better with this. And even we are always trying to get better. And I think sometimes getting better is, it's fine. It's always good to get better, but we sometimes avoid where we're at and what's going on in our lives at the very moment. And I think the Holy Spirit is is that being or that that God that God sends us in our lives to help us literally be present in the moment with ourselves mm. so that we can deal with the shame and the guilt and the things that cause us to isolate ourselves. And I think that's one of the most important things is that we get a chance to actually be present in these, in these dark moments in these sad moments in these moments where it's hard for us. And all we want to do is, is move away, but the Holy Spirit allows us to stay in it and actually address it so that we don't get anchored in that false identity of thinking who we are as being a bad or a shameful person. Ooh, now that I like, that I like, that actually makes it sound like we're getting some healing. Maybe we're garnering some tools to fight future occurrences of the same or similar items, or maybe equipping ourselves to help those around us as well. Yeah. I like the sounds of that. All right. One question, Ken, what does whole life church look like in 12 months from now? Or maybe how has it changed from when we start to when we end this challenge? Not that we'll end the challenge, but if we do this rise over the course of this year and we're going to stand up and take this challenge, how is that going to make whole life better? Or what does it look like in 12 years 
or 12, 12 months, 12 years. Well, 12 years maybe, but 12, <laughs> but, but, in, but in 12 months, what does that look like? And cause that's gotta be the payoff, right? Yeah. I think what it looks like is a group of people that are committed to going where Jesus leads. Mm. Uh, that's, that's really the challenge of this year is to, to step into obedience. And, and obedience is Jesus' command to arise. It's stepping into that obedience without the full understanding of what where Jesus is going to take us, what it's going to look like, but the willingness to get up because Jesus said to get up. And and to start this process, and and I, you know, I will just say that we're going to arise this year, and next year we're going to be talking about following. And you know, not to give any spoilers away about next year's theme, but <laughs> it's a good but, progression. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a progression over the next several years where we're going to progress through what it really means to be a disciple. And the first thing Jesus always does with his disciples is he invites them to to create forward momentum to arise to come to go and so that's what we're doing and we're not going to like i said this year we're not going to spend as much time what that looks like what we're going to be spending a lot of time on is what it looks like the life of faith moving into a faith that is willing to get up and arise when when things look impossible okay that sounds great at first, it doesn't sound exciting because you're like, well, this might stink a little bit. But at the same time, it's exciting because if you learn how to kind of equip yourself to do this and then take a progression and just keep learning and moving each time together, I just feel like as a church body, this is going to make us so much better together and make all of our lives better by doing this as a, as a whole rather than just in isolated little even small groups. I mean, small groups being part of that, but I think as a whole, that just makes us just so much stronger. And it's really inviting it. To me, it's something you can invite your neighbor to and say, this is something we're doing. And if you've been searching or you've been to church before or in the past, this might be something that you'd like to learn too. And coming at it from maybe a different angle than you've ever heard about it, talked about before and actually put into action. Yep. I hope so. I love it. Well, guess what? Uh, we said 15 minutes for you. I'm going to let you go so you can get your dinner. And we are did, uh, lunch. We didn't have any questions this week from uh, – we, we did. We did, but I didn't, I didn't want to keep you past 15. Give me one. Give me the best one. Okay. I, I, I wanna... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is feeling comfort the same as feeling safe? Is feeling comfort the same as feeling safe? Did I hear that right? Correct. Yes. No, it's not. Okay. I have really come to believe, and there are people who can you can argue with me if you want, and I think you can make interesting arguments. I do not believe that Christians are called to safety. Mm. I don't think that. In fact, I think almost the opposite. I think Christians are called to, you know, taking up your cross is not a safe activity. Um, <laughs> that no, you know, that by definition, it's not a safe. But that doesn't mean that you don't have comfort. Um, it doesn't Ooh. mean that there isn't comfort in that walk. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't experience God's comfort in your life when you're not safe. And I think that's ultimately one of the things God really wants us to, to understand is how to embrace uncertainty, embrace pain, embrace hurt, and still feel his comfort in our lives and still believe that he's there with us through it. Ooh, I like that. Because you're right. I mean, safe and comfort almost have a 
ooh, kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling. I feel safe and I have comfort. And so you might accidentally put those two together. But in that context, that really is a totally different thing where there's a lot of times in our lives we don't feel safe and not necessarily in a physical way or, you know, maybe sometimes a psychological way. But we can still feel comfort, especially with what we're talking about here. That was a great question, by the way. And um, just to to kind of separate those and make sure that we're maybe putting the right feelings with the right – with what we're doing and, 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 and maybe an importance even. I like that. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, we're just going to – we're going to wrap up with a few small bits here, but I'm going to let you go get something to, for dinner or lunch. Is it lunch your time? It is lunch where I'm at right now. Oh, yeah. so it's lunch. It's lunch where I'm at. Okay. I've, well. been, uh, <laughs> I've had the privilege of hanging out with some really cool people for the last day or two. Um, there's a gathering of uh, Seventh-day Adventist pastors who are in support of Adventist universities. And, of course, Whole Life is supporting Advent Health University. We consider ourselves to be the campus church for them. So I'm getting to hang out with a, a bunch of wow. uh, campus church pastors and just really thoroughly enjoying my time. It's just a blessing to be around really smart people who, who make you a better person. So I uh, just really appreciated it. And appreciation to my employer, the Florida Conference, to uh, help fund the trip to make that happen. I know it's making me a better pastor. And, and then after that's over, um, I'm actually flying up to the Sacramento area, which is uh, where Rochelle's, my wife, Rochelle's family lives. Uh, we have her grandfather's funeral this weekend, mm. and I'll be officiating that. So, so uh, that's what that's what I'm up to, and I'm going to miss being there for Bernie's uh, sermon this week. But I know he's going to just do a fantastic job, and I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in long distance. Okay, well, and we will. Uh, we've already got him scheduled for the podcast, so we're good to go for that. Oh, okay. good. good. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, Ken, be safe. Be be safe. Take Take care, Ken. Yep. All right. So as we drop Ken off the line, we'll just wrap up here. One of our whole life reflections this week asked, when the world looks at you, do they see someone whose obedience demonstrates their love for God? (laughs) And I, sorry for laughing, but I, uh, man, I, I, I wished the answer that I could come up with was a little bit more maybe Christian than I think it might be uh, if you ask someone about me at certain times. So, you know, obviously we probably all have things that we could do better. But the reason I chose this was this is one that, you know, there's always things that you want to put on your mirror or put on your screen at work or something. And I really think this is one that deserves a maybe a week or two of your time, you know, sometimes I'll rotate different things and I keep them and I'll put them back up. Because when you think about what we're trying to do to be a church without walls and engaging our community and loving people into a lifelong friendship with God, it seems awfully difficult to love someone into that lifelong friendship with God. If our obedience, you know, when they look at us and they don't see that our obedience demonstrates our love for God, that seems awfully difficult, doesn't it, Jeff? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but you know that's that that same piece that we always we always talk about in terms of how people see differently from different mm. perspectives. Yeah, that's true too. And so I think it is. I think it really is important that we we do not deny the experience of relationship. So you know when those kind of things happen. It's it's our best to be in community, 
to to seek out those relationships so that those uh, maybe miscommunications, maybe misjudgments, mm. or maybe um, maybe you know maybe even a uh, it, it's easy for me to see the the splinter in somebody else's eye <laughs> when there's a moat in mine, you know. So anyway, well, look at Jeff here bringing the silver lining to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the closing to. Ken's message, he said, this will be the whole life church focus for 2022. We will arise to a new and deeper love for Jesus and our community. And, you know, if there was something that you could look at improving yourself on for the year, a new and deeper love for Jesus in our community, that's probably a tough one to top as, you know, like a new year resolution, new year's resolution for 2022. I'd be a a good one right up there in the top one or two. So I just felt emboldened that as a group and with the feeling that there was this past week in in house. And it just felt like we were all willing to at least as imperfectly and perfectly imperfect that we could is to set about on this challenge together. And uh, that's reassuring that people are willing to take that journey with us. So, and as Ken mentioned, it is Bernie and it's, Threatened by love? Is that right? I'm I'm looking at it myself. I don't really have it here in front of me. Anyway, it's going to be Bernie Anderson. If you've never heard Bernie preach, this is not the week that you want to miss because Bernie is always bringing a unique perspective. Of course, he was here a couple of months ago with World Vision and The Chosen Project for us, and he will be speaking this week, and I've already got him scheduled So we will have Bernie here in studio to tape next week's podcast. So you don't want to miss that. And don't forget, 300 is now one episode closer. And so we're still looking for your ideas. And particularly if you have that Disney Princess Castle hookup that Ken's looking for, because I really think you'd put yourself up on Ken's list if you could come up with finding a way for Disney to allow us to tape our podcast from the Princess Castle at Disney. But anyway, we need those ideas. So anything, any idea come up with, it could be crazy. That's okay. You never know. We might just try it. And your idea might even be better than the aforementioned Princess Castle at Disney. So do send those in. 407 965 1607 or podcast at wholelife.church and I think that's it we're going to do it shorter than normal we had to get Ken in and out but that's okay glad we were able to catch up with him even though he's across the country so that'll do it for this week thanks as always for listening and sharing the podcast and have a great rest of your week 